Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our final episode for this season. Thus far, we have learned about all kinds of progress made in how we treat mental illness, from asylums to psychoanalysis to drugs and to newer talk therapy. But as always, I feel obligated to do an episode on what the future will maybe hold for us. It's always hard to predict the future, but I hope that in my research I can at least present what experts think with a little bit of my own judgment mixed in. As far as I can tell, in treating mental illness, there's basically two big focus areas that will probably change soon. We'll start with the first likely change, that being the stigma surrounding mental illness. In case you're unfamiliar with the word, a stigma generally refers to a feeling of disgrace associated with something, in this case, mental illness. Historically and in the present, mental illness has carried significant stigma, even though we've seen the stigma attached to other non-brain illnesses diminish significantly. First and foremost, I want to stress that this stigma is not deserved, at least in the opinion of many experts and also my own. Admittedly, this is a particularly personal topic for me, as my mom has struggled with mental illnesses for most of her life, and I have seen firsthand the negative effects that the stigma surrounding the issue had on her treatment. I have no doubt that if society discussed mental illnesses more openly and with less judgment, my mom could have gotten better a lot earlier. But anyway, if you'll recall from the earlier episodes of the season, mental illness was often seen as divine punishment or weakness, but basically always some sort of moral failing. And actually, many medical illnesses carried stigmas too in history. Leprosy, epilepsy, smallpox, cancer, and more recently AIDS. Long ago, being afflicted with these diseases would often lead to social rejection. But as medicine improved, we understood and were able to treat these diseases, and slowly but surely, the stigma was able to dissipate as people talked about these diseases and realized that patients are not at fault for their illness. Mental illness is hopefully no different. Although it took a bit longer to understand and treat mental illness when you compare it to the other diseases, psychiatrists now think we are at the point where the stigma surrounding mental illness can start to be diminished. Most mental illness, even severe mental illness, is treatable, and we have at least some understanding of the underlying physiology that causes it. We are, I think, already beginning to see these changes in our culture and society, at least here in the United States. Of course, internationally, the story is quite different. Treatment for mental illness is more common and accepted than ever. Looking at statistics on mental health treatment from 2019, about one-fifth of the United States adults received any sort of mental health treatment. Even just a decade before that in 2009, it was only one-sixth of United States adults. And considering that not everyone is mentally ill, that's a pretty substantial shift in just 10 years. More subjectively, I and others feel that mental illness and its treatment are being portrayed positively more often in media. Music, TV shows, movies, all of these are humanizing patients with mental illness. And I hope that over time we will see a world where mental illness is treated more like a cold. When you tell someone you've come down with a cold, they are usually sympathetic and supportive, and if you are close, they may even help you get medicine or treatment. And perhaps with time, that can be how we treat someone who comes down with schizophrenia, or depression, or whatever it may be. So that's the first big change I foresee coming. The other has more to do with our usual science and technology, but of course is intertwined. As I mentioned, stigma is often linked to the effective understanding and treatment of disease, and it should come as no surprise that there is still plenty of work to be done on that front. 
So let's talk about how developments in genetics, neurology, and um, smartphones, actually, might help make other things better in the future. Genetics has, of course, come a long way. We talked a little bit about it in episode 26, but since then, even more advances have been made in figuring out what genes are related to what mental illnesses, as well as what to actually do about it. No single gene is responsible for each mental illness, but with more research, it seems we will be able to identify how genes relate to mental illness and how we might use that information to prevent it. For example, in one case study, a few patients had extra copies of a gene, which messed with levels of a vital protein in their brains. Upon figuring out which protein was related to that gene, those patients were given supplements of the specific protein, and their symptoms significantly improved, making a medication that would really only work for them and those specific patients with that gene defect. I envision in the future we will see a lot more usage of genetics in order to target and prevent specific mental illnesses. Previously, we also talked about brain imaging in episode 23 of this season. That episode mostly detailed how we figured out the technology for looking at our brains, but since then researchers have identified numerous ways that people with mental illness differ. Recently, scans to diagnose Alzheimer's disease were approved by the FDA in the United States. Just one example of how we might eventually diagnose mental illness with scans and tests, in addition to the symptoms and self-reporting that we primarily use today. I think that in the future we're going to see a lot more of this kind of thing, creating objective tests and ways to diagnose mental illness. And finally, the continued adoption of smartphones and portable technology everywhere will enable even better treatment, enhancing access to therapy and tools. You may have heard of therapists now offering remote therapy, via video call or even just by phone, which will give people anywhere there's internet access, access to therapy if they need it. There are also more and more tools being made available through our phones that can help manage symptoms, providing a kind of mini-therapy. I read about a phone app that was recently made which helps schizophrenic patients work through their symptoms, and provides prompts to help with relaxation exercises. As the internet and smartphones become more and more ubiquitous, it seems likely that access to therapists or tools will continue to improve. And perhaps in the future, we may even make therapist robots, who are able to do much of the work of therapy without even needing a human present. All this could really make therapy easy to access for just about anyone, which of course would go a long way in helping prevent and treat mental illness. But yeah, that's about all I've got for this season. Between the reduction in stigma, new research in genetics and neurology, and improvement in computing technology, the future for psychiatry looks very bright to me. And I hope to see a world in which patients with mental illness can seek the help they need and get it fast, without judgment or ostracization. As always, thanks to Jojo Tang for editing, Angie Lee for our cover art, Muse Open for our music, and you for lending me your ear. This concludes our fourth season covering the history of mental illness and psychiatry, and I hope you enjoyed it. As per usual, I will be taking a month hiatus to decide what my next season will be, do a little bit of research and planning, and of course, take a bit of a break. Mm -hmm.